What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Miss Reps Podcast. Congratulations, NFL. You've officially proved yourself to be rigged. My name's Kanal, and I'm here with Adam. How you doing, man? I'm good. It's just cold in Dallas. You know, we got a lot of um, snowing, hailing, ice, like sheets of ice falling. Down. No, I'm kidding. Not sheets of ice. But it was definitely <laughs> Could like... Could you that. imagine just huge blankets of ice coming ice down? Ice <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, it was... Um, I forgot what it was like literally during the day it was like snowing and then it like the snow was just heavier so it really just sounded like someone was throwing ice it wasn't hailing it wasn't that yeah. bad but it it was a mix of snowing and hailing at one point and now we have like it's just freezing everywhere so even outside I was like oh look that's snow on the ground and I went to go pick up my mail uh and I stepped on I was like oh that's ice no that's <laughs> ice like with the seasoning of like it's a seasoning of snow on top to make it seem because you can actually see it um, some people where they were walking on it, you can see like how it's clear and you can see like through the ice and stuff. So, yeah, it's just mostly ice out there and it's still 20 something degrees, like what, 26 right now outside. Oh, man, that's so. brutal. <laughs> yeah, we every uh, we've been in the low 20s or, you know, high 20s, low 30s over here, too. So every morning I get out to the gym, I open up the garage and I'm like, do I want to stay or do I want to <laughs> should I go? Should I stay? What do I do here? Basically. Yeah, but, yeah it's been it's been a. Uh, you could tell from my, you could tell from the intro this weekend, uh, the little bit of bitterness for me from the uh, Bengals and Chiefs game, but we'll we'll get into that when when we get to that part. But oh, it was man, a solid. This, this man is tight about that game. I, I already I, know. I am <laughs> high strung about that a little bit. You know, I think I think the thing that pissed me off the most was that it it ended up being like a really good game. Like when the score lines twenty three to twenty, it's like. You know that's that's a close. That game. last drive, it was the last drive, unlike the other game with the Eagles. Yeah, so that, was, that was that was a different story. Man, Unfortunately, are... we did not get the game we were expecting in that one, but it was a game nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. But you want to go right into the Seahawks? There ain't sure. much to talk about. Yeah, I got one. Um, so the Seahawks quarterback Dave Canales is actually getting a second interview with or uh, for the Ravens' offensive coordinator position. So. And like a little fun fact about him was that he was the passing game coordinator. Like he had like that tag, I guess, under his name um, for 2020 and 2021 as well. So it's really nice seeing some other, uh, more players just transition into coaches. So that was something. And I was just like, oh, shoot, that's that's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, it, it, it's it's funny when a when a passing game coordinator for our team gets uh, interviews anywhere because um there's always so much noise about how we're such a run focused team. Like we, all we do is run the ball, but you know, obviously <laughs> that's not the case. Gino actually, you know, that's our, that's our next point. You know, Gino had like, I think, was it the, uh, what was his record? Most passing yards in a season. I think, he top- yeah, yeah. Most passing yards in a season. That's a franchise record for him. So. Yeah. He topped Russ's record, which if you look at like the top five, I think, Four of, like Russ. three. Yeah, <laughs> three, three, four, three of them are Russ. Yeah. Three of them. No, three of them are Russ. And then Matt Hasselbeck is I think the other one, but, um, you know, Gino, I think the uh, it came out that Gino won the Pro Football Writers Association Most Improved Player and Comeback Player of the Year, which well deserved. Oh, yeah. Um, that's now probably way for a- the AP, the big yeah. one, right? The Associated <laughs> I Press. <laughs> I didn't realize there were so many awards when I, until we looked at it. Cause all I, I, I ever that last time. Remember it was like did, yeah, the, yeah, Pepsi, yeah. the Pepsi one, too? You were like, what is that? I was like, me too. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, 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 you t- when you told me last week, I was surprised as hell because like, I'm like, 
man, everybody's just going to put out awards. It's like, like we could come out with our most improved player of the year award and then come back player I of the mean, year. That's, that's an idea we might, we can put into place next, uh, next season. That's a that's little a, idea. We get awarded right now. We're going to go to Gino. <laughs> offensive, Gino. Offensive rookie of the year is K9. <laughs> Defensive rookie of the year is Tariq. <laughs> I think that's, that, that's yeah, most... and so, yeah. So uh, on the reward side of things, uh, uh, Kenneth Walker the third is also up for um, he's up for like offensive rookie of the year but then he's also going against like Brock Purdy and some others so it's really just like it's gonna ah. be it's it's the NFL it's gonna go to a quarterback I hate it but yeah it's and then of course to- you have the on the defensive side for defensive rookie of the year yeah Tariq Woolen's in there but then you have um, Aiden Hutchinson as well as uh, Sauce himself so it's 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 weird because you know Sauce he didn't get a lot of interceptions, but he definitely defended a lot, all like the most, if not all of the players. And he only allowed like what one touchdown this season, so they're gonna look Something at that. crazy like that. Yeah, but so. I, it, with with the rookie of the year stuff, like it's always I feel uh, it, a lot of people. And this is just this is me talking out of my ass, but it's also things that people also say. Like, see, it's the, those those uh, awards seem to be heavily biased towards you know high like the not lottery picks because that doesn't exist in the nfl but you know what i mean those those top 10 picks that uh you know are the the storylines for for throughout the season you know like you know when any if you're drafting the top 10 you're gonna be a headline I mean, every hey tariq woolen's in good company then because he's a fifth rounder like right beside it you know if you go to the nfl website you'll actually see like who all the finalists for that award you'll see aiden hutchinson and then sauce gardner so that does say something about Tariq woolen and unfortunately it's going to be really hard to find those fifth round gems and stuff like that or third round i don't know third round is still i wouldn't say is a gem i think you start talking about gems fourth round and down mm-hmm. but um third round is kind of like that edge of like you might get a player you might not but you never know you never know because we got russ right russ came what was it fifth round before or was it no, third, third was, round third yeah, round he was the, third round Dak and came then, i think just notable ones that come to mind Dak was fourth round i think tom brady was sixth round yep yeah so. so it's unfortunately like it, and it's hard because you're thinking of like teams that like build every other position before and i know we're kind of getting into the drafts logic here but like you know build every position before you get a quarterback right but then it's like so if your team's very good no matter what quarterback you throw in there now you're just not high enough to go get a you know a, a blue chip uh, yeah. quarterback as, as some people would call those like top 10 that, top 15 the trick is like what we did when we uh we drafted russ right we were on the cusp of being a really good team but we weren't our record didn't show it right yeah so it's but that's like it's it's hard to see that even with like because you have to like make that right pick because I, I bet you there was other quarterbacks they could have looked at they also had you know whoever they had in their quarterback room at the time and russell you know beat them out right so it's a matter of just like it's tough let's just say it's tough trying to find that quarterback in like the diamond in the rough situation where that's all you need is a quarterback now and then you found the right one because even the 49ers let's give it to the 49ers they had brock purdy at mr irrelevant he took him on a stretch of games no matter what anyone says i have to at least respect brock purdy for you know starting for a team late in the season taking them into the playoffs and, and it wasn't he wasn't he wasn't just like caretaking the team he was throwing dimes and everything too like he was yeah. he was slinging it yeah so i mean you know who i wonder who's gonna be like the next like late round quarterback this season uh this upcoming draft season so i'm hearing a lot of like uh the florida quarterback by the way is like not projected to go as high which is kind of weird he's like that high athletic maybe not have all, everything in place but i feel like he's gonna be solid somewhere and i i wouldn't mind if he goes low enough and we were to take him just to hold him in for a couple uh 
you know, one year or two. Give him the Jordan I, Love treatment. Basically, <laughs> basically. But I don't, I don't know how I – I feel like he's going to get taken, like, late first round. May, if he falls into the second round, that's something. But it, it's happened before quarterbacks that yeah. people thought were going to be first round. Well, I mean, right? look at the Lamar quarterbacks. Jackson, yeah, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson almost yeah. fell out of the first round. But then you look at the, the quarterbacks that everyone was talking about last year, right? Like guys like Malik Willis went all the way into the third round or something like that, right? right. Desmond, Desmond Ritter, I think, went late second round. Yeah, and so exactly. you know, it, it, it's kind of we'll see what the paradigm if the paradigm continues with the you know drafting quarterbacks high or you know what everyone's priorities are with this upcoming off season because mm-hmm. you know we just saw the I didn't write this down but I uh, let me find the number really quick because we know the salary cap numbers for next year are going to four point eight million. Yeah, two twenty four point eight million up about sixteen million from this year. So with to me, that, that doesn't that doesn't really matter because teams have ways to magically and I mean GMs have come out and said yeah. they can <laughs> they can maneuver ways around the cap and like yeah. push stuff off. If like vo- there's void contracts now because of the um um the pandemic and stuff like that. So it's really and, just and the and the way that like signing bonuses are converted and stuff like that. I mean the pa- Patriots wrote the rule book on that with Tom Brady's contract year in and yes. year out. And but then you know there is Eventually, the bill does come due for a lot of people like you could end up in a situation like the Saints where they don't have a lot of they don't have a very full roster full of talent, but their salary cap, they're over the cap right now. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, they're eventually things catch up to you if you don't figure out a way to take care of them later on. Right. It's kind of like an IOU when you do these kind of things, basically. And there's also like you'll see stuff online about especially over the cap. Obviously, we'll have it to where they show the cap space and stuff. That's really interesting. They'll say cap space and then effective cap space. So even for right now, Seahawks, they say their cap space is 31 million. But after all the changes and stuff, they said effective cap space is only 19 yeah. Um, given, I guess, some re-signings might be coming down the way too. I think we'll we'll basically still have enough to like flirt around in the free agency, but I just hope it's not one. Of, I feel like it's going to be one of those yeah. seven million to you know the the vet. I, I'll just say the vet minimum to some defensive lineman or something like that. So we have Seahawks help. have four contracts. I saw this somewhere the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might have been like fan side or something. They have four contracts that are effectively like taking up a good chunk of our salary. And they belong to Shelby Harris, mm-hmm. Will Disley, uh, Jamal Adams, and Gabe Jackson. So you know you have those four. You know when you when you have the when you have those guys' names starting to circulate around, they're usually associated with like the people that are going to be cap casualties. Of those four, who do you think is the most likely to go? Um, probably Gabe Jackson. I feel like we can. Yeah, go I feel and like find that's a good... no brainer, right? <laughs> yeah, that one is like he's like the lowest hanging fruit to like take care of in that in in that respect shelby harris i feel like he was serviceable i'm not gonna say he was bad i'm not gonna say he was great i feel like we can do stuff because you have guys you can for a rotation mind for a rotation thing right because a lot of the things that can affect the defense is if you don't have an effective offense that's one thing we've had those issues um but of course you need you need bodies anyway on, on the d line so i don't think we're gonna just let shelby harris just go after that trade i think we're gonna give him like another season um I think they might low. try to do like a little bit of a restructuring thing. Like, you know, like you said, convert his existing salary to maybe a signing bonus and then Basically. extend him, extend I, him maybe three, four years. Because he's already, that. what, 32, I think? Yes. So, you know, he's yeah. he's on the tail. Like he, his big deal was his last contract, right? Usually when you're about 28 is when you get your big deal. That's why a lot of people will do these like three or four year extensions after their rookie, right? Because then they'll mm-hmm. end up getting their next contract when they're 27, 28. So he's had his big contract and, you know, where. We're paying the final years of his big contract effectively. 
And yeah, so, well, another one we have to also pay attention to is because uh, Uchenna Nwosu's deal, because he only has a deal, like we have him through 2023, but after that he's a free agent and he's a, a cap hit of like 13 million as well. So only like 5.8% of our, our actual cap. But at the same time, are we, what are we going to sign him to? You know, he's yeah. been really good to me for the team, but it's a matter of like what people value and all this other type of stuff. So yeah, it'll um, be a tough one, right? Because you know, if, if like we 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 if we you know you know praying that we we swing we we get a home run again in this year's draft you know we get we have we a lot of picks we have a lot of picks and you know so if we get a home run like we got in last year's draft this year's draft you know we get like a completely new nose tackle and yes. new edges linebackers to fill in and maybe interior offensive linemen or just mm-hmm. focusing on the defensive side of the ball if you get those new defensive linemen, like we talked about it last week, you know, your, 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 your second level is going to flourish all that much more. Right. Because they have those guys that are just eating up offensive linemen and, you know, taking on double teams. And it gives guys like Nuet Uchenna Nwosu who are fast can take the edge, hit the gaps. And, you know, he's going to probably, he can put up like a big sack season. So if he puts up those numbers, it'll be difficult for us to keep up. And I think that's yeah. just that, that's just being a victim of your own success. If uh, looking at it from that perspective, he, not saying he doesn't deserve it, but he he'll, he'll probably get a lot of money after this year. Yeah. Um. I oh, because we have ten picks, so we have ten picks going into this. So I've actually also saw stuff about our cap space. That's why like our effective cap space is lower because we have to actually allot um about ten million dollars for the draft itself. Just yeah. There's the like some contracts. there's some way of doing the math for it, right? Like they they like. You know, because the, with draft picks, the rookie, the the contract value I think is pretty much set based on your position or or, yeah. your, or on your pick, right? And our our first pick, that number five, uh, not no, yeah, number five, that's going to be expensive. Uh, yeah. For for whoever we redraft at that position, I know we can see ourselves, you know, you know, going down the line and maybe letting it go, but you know, at this time, at this point in time, let's just it say have, that you know yeah. it's going to cost. It it have fine. to. You know, I've been on the bandwagon of, uh, you know, just trade down, just trade down, just get as much capital as you can. But it'd have to be the right kind of deal. Once Now that we're at number five, if you're at number three, then, you know, you and you go down to like number five, that's different, right? Because, you know, you're still in that top five. But trading down, yeah. I, it'd have to be a very, very good situation for, for, for it to be considered a good deal. Yeah, I'm hearing stuff that like Chicago could trade down. Um, Arizona could also trade down with Indianapolis or even Houston could trade down to uh, – you know, well, not Houston trade down with Indianapolis, but um, I've heard stuff like Chicago could trade down to number four. Um, Indianapolis trying to hop, skip over Houston and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, um, I think at five, we're at the sweet spot and we can still have our pick of edge players. I know we're going to go get it. I know we're getting an edge player because we're not going to get um, uh, Jalen Carter. I, I think he's just going to be gone and Will Anderson Jr. So at the end of the day, I think we, there's a lot. I've, I've been hearing um, the edge player from Texas Tech. I've been seeing Miles Murphy still, so it's just up in the air. And I think we there's a lot of good players we can pick. Like Edge for this year's draft is really good. So not sure what we're going to do with our second first-round pick. I've been seeing stuff like on field goals. They're saying Joey Porter Jr., but even they said um, that's unlikely because in the history with John Snyder and Pete Carroll, we have never picked a, a cornerback in the first round. So, you know, it's, it's cute, but no. <laughs> yeah, I think uh... – Ain't nothing wrong with going with the uh, with the with the boring pick if you know even if it's if even if it's not like a ooh who's that kind of thing you know it, it'll 
it, it, it doesn't have to be some flashy. And we need thing. to get two linebackers because, you know, I'm sorry, but Cody Barton, I, I, I love Cody Barton, but I feel like he's more of a depth player rather than like a, a true starter, in my opinion. So we also have to go out and get, I think we might go and sign like one vet linebacker while drafting an, a, a young rookie. So then like after that, that season, the vet can go and we have, you know, whoever it is besides, you know, Brooks and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many more years we can do with Bruce Irvin as our edge. So he's not, I don't think Bruce Irvin's coming back unless we like bring Bruce Irvin into a position or something like that, which I'm not sure what that it would look like, but unless they're just bringing him in for another season, just cause, but I mean, we need to, we need another edge um, for uh, Daryl Taylor on the other side to have, like to yeah. basically, and you know, we, we, that, so. I'm, I want some of these draft picks that we did with like guys like Alton Robinson and you know Boye Mafe came in. He had so he had a couple sacks, but Alton Robinson was one guy I liked last year, and he's just kind of been hurt all last season. So he'll come in next season. He'll kind of be yeah. like a he'll it'll it'll essentially be like a new player at that point. And so at least that'll give some rotational depth. But you'd like to you like to capitalize on your on your high position and get someone that can just come in and. Basically, this is a deep, and this will be a defensive like draft for the Seahawks. Um, I think one of the things I also saw was, um, what was it? One of the things I saw was that we need a corner because we've had, uh, who knows what we had with Trey Brown, right? Yeah, the thing is, like, they said Trey Brown's gonna be healthy. They said he he should be healthy enough to see what a healthy Shit Trey Brown looks like, and if it yeah. and if not if it doesn't work out, we can see if we can slot Kobe Bryant over there. But that's also the kind of the reason why some people are saying go get another corner right now because it's whatever people can do for you right now rather than what you think they can do. Unfortunately for Rash- uh for Penny, you know, yeah. like you, you know Penny's going to be gone. We're not going to sign him back because like that that's so many leg injuries, man. I you hate to see it. I mean. I would I, I I felt bad for you whenever you see you don't like seeing guys in this game get hurt because you, when you beat a team you want to beat a team because they're at full strength and you're at full strength and you just want to be better than them right I mean yeah. injuries are part of the game but when you when when you get have like guys like like Penny who feels like every season he's ready to just have a breakout you know be be a thousand yard rusher just another leg injury comes in It's one of those things and it's we've always had that curse like the injury bug to the running backs and honestly it's like let's just kind of clean house unfortunately we need a clean house so that's like the last of those running backs that we had of that was having all those injury bugs right i mean i know dj Dallas got like got it like towards the end but it was really rashad penny and then christian michael who we had before trying to remember the other guy that we had that like he was on a roll chris carson thomas rawls Thomas Rawls. It was Thomas Rawls before Chris Carson. And because, oh man, Chris Carson, again, injuries, neck injury, got the, basically took him out. And then, yeah, Thomas Rawls, uh, he was so good at what he was doing. And then, like, ankle injury, right? So, dude, he, he was like a, he was like a baby beast. <laughs> that's what they used he, to call him. Yeah. How he was running and stuff. And the next thing you know, injury. And then it was just, yeah. oh my gosh. It I mean, was that's one thing after the other. So, if, if you want to have that philosophy of hard nosed running backs as an organization, you just kind of have to accept that you're going to have to spend a pick every couple of years on a running back at least. Yeah, and I, so I, many I, guys, backs anyway, guys like Chris so. Carson, Chris Carson came in the seventh round, which, you know, was great for us, but Thomas or uh, Thomas Rawls was undrafted, I think, but Rashad Penny was a first round pick. Kenneth Walker is a second round pick. You know, you, you're, you're starting to spend valuable capital on, a position well, there's a reason did. why we spent it on Kenneth Walker when we did, when he was like kind of considered to be, if not the best, he was like a top, a top yeah. running, running back prospect, right? That's because we knew that 
Penny was going to go out the door after this season. Because and we, we kind of had an idea because Kenneth Walker was going to come in as like the third running back and behind Chris Carson too. Chris Carson, we didn't know at draft day if, or like it wasn't publicly aware, I think, that he wasn't going to come back to football. Yep, and then he and then like those before the season, right? He just retired, right? Yeah, I, th- I mean it was a neck injury, you know, same yep. thing that took Couldn't out Cliff Averill and Cam Chancellor is, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Baldwin too. Was Baldwin yeah, a neck injury? Neck injury? Not too? neck injury, but he had to he had to retire due to injuries. He, yeah, you know, we just couldn't keep up at that point. So, yeah, it's just one of those things, and I can't wait for draft day. That's going to be so exciting because usually, you know, the Seahawks pick is like in the twenties, and then they, we always like, oh, you know, we're just going to trade down because there's nothing. There's like it's just like a bargain bin at that point. Dude, at, at that, in the yeah, and, and when 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 draft day, I don't ever really watch the draft, but like. The, the the reason being is because, you know, like you said, we're always at 20. And so, like, I'm like, all right, draft's at 5. I might as well not turn the TV on until, like, 6.30 because it feels Gotta like have there's some five. wings. Get some wings or have a, yeah. have a beer right there. You, you might as well just celebrate that number 5 overall pick. At the, exactly. Because at at even, like, isn't it, like, three minutes between each pick or something stupid like that? Like, yeah. It's about, on, like, yeah, two or three minutes. I think what we're also going to watch is what happens at the number one and the number two because you don't know if the Houston Texans are going to try to hop up. That's It's easier for them to hop up than it would be for the Colts to try to hop from four to one. It depends on what the Texans want, right? Because I think the I think the Texans are in desperate need of some form of, of an offense. They had Brandon Pierce, who was very good, uh, or – well, they need a Brandon quarterback. Pierce? They they need a quarterback to start running that offense. Yeah. You know they're going to go for a quarterback at this point in time. But the thing with the reason why a lot of people are talking about Chicago trading is because they need players around Justin Fields. And what better way to do it than to trade down from number one? I don't know where like he could trade. They can trade down from one to two or one to four, and you could still get one of the blue chip defenders that you know that are still out there. They don't care which one; they'll take anything because Justin Fields needs weapons and he needs a whole other defense. Yeah, I think that's I think that hit, hits the nail on the head. I mean, he he I think Justin Fields needs offensive linemen linemen to protect him cuz <laughs> we saw it last season he's starting to take hits oh and Oh my gosh, the he's hits taking some he hits. was taking. Do you remember like the sandwich hits he would get? And Dude, he, would it, get it, he would just get like uh what do you call it? I can't remember where one one guy one guy gets you high and one guy gets you high low, low like a high yeah. low tackle. Oh my gosh, and then he'll come up like limping and then it's just like he'll God. still play and then of course like two or three games later he's like and it, did an 80 yard run and stuff like that. And I'm like, "Okay, Justin Fields, you can run the ball for this team." And everyone's saying run the ball, even like Richard Sherman with his whole antic of run the ball. But like <laughs> if you're if everything this happened with us at, with the Seahawks, if everything is um, predicated on your quarterback running the ball, though, as a main thing, um, eventually, I mean, it didn't. the Ravens almost got caught up in it, but they actually had like a decent passing game with Lamar Jackson, though. But like with Justin Fields, he has no weapons. So yeah. it's a and lot of running. You, you you can give him an offensive line, but you can't give him receivers to throw to. He needs both. What you mean? He has. Well, who was it from the Steelers? They got Claypool. Dante. Oh yeah, Claypool. I was about to uh, Deontay Johnson. I think you got, they got they got they got Claypool. They got Equinemius. Or no, do they yeah, have Equinemius and Brown? And Brown. Mm-hmm. They have Cole Kmet. And yeah, the tight end. There's mm-hmm. one more, Darnell Mooney. But I think Darnell Mooney kind of. Fell off last year. Mooney. I don't know what happened to Mooney because they he was supposed to be like a gadget player for them to kind of basically be the Debo for them, but it just didn't yeah. work out. I've seen a lot of stuff they tried to do. With he played him. really well last year or yeah. two years or not this season, but the, the prior season when he mm-hmm. was playing across from Allen Robinson. But um, I think that's where I think once Allen Robinson got traded, it kind of messed up that dynamic. 
Yeah. I mean, you don't have any weapons, so everyone can just cover everybody, whoever they need to focus on, right? And they don't yeah. have much of a run. It was just, man, it was it was tough watching Chicago. But regardless, um, you know, not much, as you can see, there's not much to talk about with the Seahawks until we get closer <laughs> to, like, the free agency. I can't wait for free agency. I am kind of interested to see what we'll do. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, it's not a quiet year. I, we need something. You have to put some some money into that. Defense. Derek Carr is probably going to be a name that's going to be thrown around. That'll be the interesting oh, thing. You've got a lot Brady. of big free agencies, uh, free agent players out there, right? You yeah. got, um, you know, you have Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, oh, Lamar you Jackson. You can keep we can keep listing all these names that, of course, they're going to get signed or franchise tag. We just don't know when. Mm. Um. But. Yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, when we get to the free agency, like Mayhem, I hope is going to be pretty good just to see a lot of players moving around and stuff and maybe potentially trades. You never know, you know, it, so. you never know. But, you know, we we can circle back to the uh, draft talk in a bit. Should we go mm-hmm. around the league? Let's go around the league, my friend. All right. First bit of news that came up that I saw. I think this was earlier or late last week. Frank Reich becomes head coach of Panthers. Okay. That's all I had. Oh, <laughs> oh, you know, like it was Frank Reich, I think he was the first quarterback for the franchise. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're trying to make that a storyline and, you know, say, oh, the prodigal son has returned or something like that. But I think he, he only quarterback for them for like four or five games and then he got benched I mean, or he Panthers got at, Panthers at least have a solid roster to build upon, though. So oh, it's yeah. not like you're... Um, you actually have like a good foundation to build off of with like some of the players that are still there. And, you know, they almost, I mean, everyone in that division had a chance to get to be, you know, to win the division. But at the same time, you know, we don't know what's happening. Tom Brady, you know, saints are kind of like imploding a bit on themselves. And then, you know, what else, who else is like in contention Falcons? (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think, I think the story of the, the the Carolina Panthers last year is under you know underreported or you know underappreciated. They fired Matt Rule. They had a carousel at quarterback because Sam Darnold was hurt. Um, Sam Darnold just isn't, but he's isn't he isn't like he has moments. But we we've already seen enough of Sam Darnold to the point where he had. We chances. know what we have with them. You, I think they're not gonna they're not gonna roll with him. I I, I think they're gonna try to go they're gonna go for a quarterback with their pick. It's just who I don't know. That's yeah. the issue. And then you also they also traded their best player away to the 49ers and somehow they went on a tear after that. And fun fact, I think I just saw this. I didn't put this in there. It's not really a fun fact, it's just news. Steve Wilkes is interviewing for the uh, 49ers defensive coordinator job. So that'd be yeah. a that that is a uh that is a um, break from trend for for the 49ers. I feel like they always have like some young coaches coming in and then they 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 come for a few years and then they're on their way out. But Steve Wilkes has been around for a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um Steve Wilkes at least shows that he can still have some type of job somewhere. I just kind of hate how well it kind of comes back to like the Houston Texans and what they did over there, but um which, you know, we'll talk about in a second. But yeah, I, I, for Frank, I all I have to say is good for him. But will he be a good coach for them? I don't know because he got like cut in the middle of the season with the Colts. But I know the Colts was a dumpster fire. But it's like he was the head coach over there. I think the Carolina Panthers is a much better organization, at least compared to, compared relatively to the uh, Colts. You know, I'm not going to make Big any facts. sweeping statement. Big facts, though. You know, you know. I'll so, at least give you that. I haven't had any issues with like the Panthers front office and anything, right? And like <laughs> and like you said, they have. They have quality players on the roster, guys like J.C. Horn, Brian Burns, their mm-hmm. running back room and stuff like that. And, you know, it's a good environment for a coach to come in. He's not going to come in expected to uh, 
right the ship right away because you know you come into the Carolina Panthers, you know it's a project because they finished what was it? It's eight nine or yeah. I think it's they finished not bad. It's, or seven you know, it's, and ten something like that. But yeah, they yeah. it's not terrible, but you got to be a little if he if he has a couple of seasons where he's you know middling while they're building their roster out, mm-hmm. you know he no one's gonna get on his case for it, but. For yeah, me, I went, think they went seven, ten. You're seven right. Seven and on ten. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I think eight and nine is what the the Bucks went, and so. Mm-hmm. And um, they do have the number nine overall pick, though. So, so that'll be interesting to see because quarterback. quarterback. I don't know yeah. who, but it's a quarterback. Or they might use it to trade up, which will be a, a big move. I have. You're right. I have heard stuff like Carolina trading up. It's just I think going it was, from nine to what though? Who are they going to? I can't remember whose mock draft it was. I think it was Tom Pelissero or something, but. Uh, you know, we're now in the annoying play, annoying time frame where people are just going to throw out their mock drafts, you know, that they pull out of nowhere. Um, and so one of them had us trading our pick to the Panthers so that, that the Panthers could. I, 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 thought, I thought I mentioned that either in an episode or something. But, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that, too, because you go to, like, the mock draft database and you can see, like, everyone's mock draft so far if they get updated. But that's a we could trade down from five to nine and we can still get edge. Cause there's again, edge is a really good class and I don't know what we would get besides, you know, number nine, but we should probably get like another first for next year. That's what some people were saying. Um, maybe like some more picks this year, but we have a lot of picks as is. So who knows? Yeah. No, going down to nine is probably as low as I'm willing to go. If we trade down that fifth pick, cause, um, you know, you do, I mean, there might not be a, like we, we've talked about this, right? Cause this was the scenario that I always was advocating was if we could trade down and still get a very good quality player that is obviously he's probably not good. He might not be as good at, as we would get at our original pick, but if he is still serviceable and we can continue to fill out our draft capital for, you know, the coming years. And as we continue to retool our offense, you know, I would take it. But if we go, if we're going from five, you know, we're not going to get as much back and unless we drop a lot. And so, if, you know, nine or 10, that's probably as low as I'm willing to go if we trade that pick. And the the big thing is, is we don't know which edge player is the one, right? You have a it's, lot it's, of edge play. It's a, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, at the end you. of the day, that's the funny thing about this game, right? Like you can have, you can draft whoever you want, but it's still a crapshoot. It's only when hindsight, that's when you're like, man, we should have like, you know, that, that team, you know, they... They uh, they uh, looked they overlooked like Patrick Mahomes or you know they picked this quarterback not this one but again it's in hindsight not like you need to go and get this one quarterback here because a lot of people I remember that one time when Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston went one and two oh, right yeah. and people were like they should have went Jameis they should have went Marcus and then they're both just like floundering right now in their careers so yeah you never know you just really you really won't know and sometimes those those picks pass. Post five, the number five, you never know. They can turn out well. They can turn out bad. It's one of those things. I just hope we make the right choice is all. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to. Um, you know, we haven't been, like you say, you keep saying, we haven't been in this position where we've had this high of a pick, so we don't really have any history to back ourselves up on. <laughs> Except that, that we, the only history we have is always trade down. Yeah, that's the only, but we're, the, the reason that we always trade down is because we're always at the bottom of the draft. So it's going from him like pick 25 to pick 30. Yeah, but then John that Schneider difference. doesn't really know how to like pick those late round. Like I, we've skipped over some really good players and we've tried and we've thrown like a pick at some edge rushers before and it just did not turn out well. Either injuries, ATV uh, accidents. Fucking, and stuff. Ma- fucking Malik McDowell. I you know, get... like it's it, we always just kind of we can't get, like, we can't do anything about that one though. That was that was that was just someone being head ass about their life. 
I mean, the only one that actually kind of worked out in the recent years was like Rashad Penny, in Frank my Clark. opinion. Well, Frank Clark, yes, and we we just didn't want to pay him and stuff. And now you know he's what thirteen sacks in the in the, uh in postseason, and which is like third most in the NFL right now. But like no one, you can't tell what Frank Clark's gonna do two or three years after we let him go. It's just up to Frank Clark at that point with whatever situation he's in. Yeah, Frank Clark was good for us. Don't get it twisted. No, it's just, I didn't we, say just didn't, we yeah. didn't. Not you. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, hey, I was hey, just kind of hey. like I'm. Talk, I'm talking <laughs> to the audience. That one audience that's like, oh, Frank Clark is nothing. No, he's he's good. It's just we just didn't want to pay him because I think it was after we just paid Russ or right before and stuff like that. If I remember correctly, mm, something so, like that. Yeah, it was one of those things where like we had money tied up elsewhere and we can't pay for Frank Clark because he wanted big money and we just Which couldn't pay. Him. He got from cheap, so you know more power to him. And he's going to his second Super Bowl with him. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't want them to win, but, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, Fly Eagles, I think I'll say that this week. <laughs> right. Um, I think it's in other news on head coaches. Sean Payton, the man himself, has chosen the Broncos. I'm just, I'm just so fucking glad that this this is over with. I feel like I feel like every day we're just peppered with clickbait on where on rumors where Sean Payton is doing or who he's interviewing with. I didn't even, I didn't even like give it any attention. Cause I'm just waiting for when they announce, cause you know that they have like, they have the template ready. They just need to fill in the name and what team to put on, like to, to Photoshop onto them. And stuff oh, they like got that. templates ready for everything. We saw the Bengals and chiefs game. Oh yeah. Facts. <laughs> but um, the saints. Um, so basically the Broncos and saints came to an agreement uh, actually, this um, the Broncos gave them two packages to choose from, and what the Saints chose was a first round this year. So they now they're back in the first round again. Congratulations, Saints fans! Y'all have a first round pick um, and a next year second. Because I, I felt like at the end of the day, the Saints were going to let Sean Payton's contract go because they made mistakes and they need a first round pick. So now they have one. You know, one of the things that I always worry about is where it went wrong with the uh, with Sean Payton and the the Saints organization, but. We'll never know, but uh, at least he's he's kind of got into a, a better situation. Like, well, I guess better compared to his couch <laughs> that he's coaching well, he was, in the he NFL. He was working again. with the Fox. He was working with the Fox team last time I. Yeah, played. he was. He so, was. Uh, he was, already an make, he was still making money. Now he's like, yeah, let me go yeah. back in. I had a break. You know, it was, it was a nice break. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that was the. Uh, you know, I think Dennis Allen filled in for them pretty well too. So that that probably made the decision to trade him easier. But when you when you. Uh, when you wave that hundred dollar bill, that first round draft pick in front of someone, it kind of yeah. makes the decision easier, right? Yeah. yeah but I think the, the the funny thing out of this for me is that is from what I've heard right now, at least on Twitterverse, feels like Broncos fans are kind of repeating themselves from last year, where they're acting like you know they're about to win the Super Bowl. Not that they got Sean Payton, you know, last year is they're going to win the Super Bowl because they got Russ Wilson. I think yeah. it's good for Russ. It'll be probably a good a better environment, right? Yeah, because Sean Payton was a bit of like the quarterback whisperer for Drew Brees because he got him out of the Chargers years ago and then, of course, brought them to a Super Bowl eventually. I feel like it was a mix of um, a lot of like issues with like, you know, the head hunting that Saints had. And then, of course, they had obviously they started putting money into a lot of players and started to kick them in the butt, obviously. And it was still it's still being felt today. So I, I feel like that was kind of the issues with, you know, Sean Payton and the Saints in like his last couple of years or so with Drew Brees too because like he knew he wasn't going to win with Drew Brees again it was like that one they had a chance to go and you know Drew Brees was looking up like oh yep that's over it's over for Drew Brees right so it was just one of those things and Sean Payne's not really about like oh I'm not really about like rebuilding I've already rebuilt this team to where it was I was just trying to do one last thing didn't work out Broncos they got a new quarterback the year before they you know had us they have a solid defense still you know 
injuries. Everyone's going to come back from those injuries, hopefully, you know, sooner for them. I, you know, I personally don't care what the Broncos do from here on out, but Russ had a pretty good final game. If he can just capitalize on that and do the same thing next year, maybe they can finally start realizing, but they got some, they got some holes to fill in though. Yeah, for um, sure. I mean, their defense obviously isn't going to perform as well after trading away Bradley Chubb. And I think the stats kind of back that up too. They were they, they were giving I mean, up. They were actually doing pretty good. It was just you know like they had all those like low scoring those boring games. You said that you were like oh this was a boring game. That's because their defense literally kept them in the game the whole game. But the offense just was like yeah let's not let's not be good today. And I think that so the the, the where where I'm coming from when I say that is you know they weren't it wasn't the the narrative wasn't you know if the Broncos just scored 18 points a game they'd be like you know eight and two. It was they were giving up a little bit more points, but. The funny thing was, is I think that kind of put them in a situation where their backs were against the wall and that kind of allowed Russ to be Russ, which was this guy that was just ad-libbing, you know, left and right. And, you know, that's why I think they were scoring a lot more come towards the end of the season. Um, the, like, oh, the, this is how we use Russ. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, we, we put ourselves in a hole and then try to make him fight <laughs> fight his way out. But I think the, 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 the tricky bit with this, though, is you don't really have a lot to work with if you're the uh, the Broncos organization in terms of adding young talent obviously you think you have your your free agency that you can try to add add people in if they have the cap i i haven't even looked at their I cap. Looked i think their cap, cap. Their, i think their cap situation is pretty bad if i remember but like did you want they, to talk I, we saw that one tweet where they were talking about like what the broncos gave up for all they've done and it's just so much yeah <laughs> yeah you can you find that tweet you can you can rattle it off but uh i think Come draft time, they, you know, they don't have any more picks in the first two rounds. They have a third round pick, I think they got from mm-hmm. Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be kind of scraping at, the, I mean, you, obviously good players can be found anywhere in the draft, but you're, you're not putting, you're not in a good position to find a lot of good players, you know, starting at, starting in the third round. So they're kind of the, the, um, you never know. There's a, oh, there's a lot of teams, like even the Chiefs, um, a lot of their rookie class, you know, from first to seventh was contributing in that final in that last game that's true and so, so that's the but the the uh the the point is that, that i'm trying to get to is that with with the with the broncos you're kind of gonna have a lot of the last year's team carrying over into this year and mm-hmm. so it'll it'll really be a test for sean payton to see what he can do with the majority of the roster carrying over from from last year if he yeah. can get a tune out of him because uh it'll be a it'll be an interesting project he's gonna have a lot of spotlight on him Mm-hmm. They so they currently have only like eight million in free agency, so it's like good Is luck. It with the new cap and stuff. That's what the new. I think that's what the new cap. Yeah, it's it's using. I'm on over the cap. Love that website, but it's um. <laughs> that's it's your using, new homepage. <laughs> my homepage, but it, it's using the new base salary cap, and they're they're at eight. Well, they're at nine million, but effective cap space is eight million. So they still oh, don't yeah. have much. They don't have much to work with. They're not in the red. Like some other teams on here are. What are the, what like, are the Saints at? Just out of curiosity, because we were talking the about the Saints them. are literally at the bottom. They're about sixty million in the red, Yikes. or sixty three million in the red. That, that's not a good situation to be in. They're about it? to cut a lot of people. Like they're about to let a lot of people go, and then yeah, if Cam, just if Cam Jordan has did. to go, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I would sign Cam Jordan. I would. I would trade my left arm for Cam Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Broncos have a lot of, um, and the short of it is they have some, I don't see any notable, like, well, Kareem Jackson, safety, who played over 93% of their snaps at 35. He's a free agent. Don't know what they're, they're you know, what he's going to do. Some other notable ones was 
a right Michael tackle. Thomas, I think Michael Thomas is the one that they were. I don't know if it's been worked through yet, but they restructured his contract so that they could void him. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, he's not on this list or anything like that. And there's not much. I see Dakota Allen. Oh, Dakota Allen. Wow, that's just a that's a player from um, uh, Last Chance Last Chance U. So. Oh really? Yeah, Dakota Allen. He was a linebacker from uh, Texas Tech. I, I just saw his name. So. Um, he's a free agent. Not many other. No, Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack at receiver is a free agent. Uh, Draymond Jones, uh, inner defensive lineman at 26 years old, um, is also up. Latavius Murray, Alex Singleton. This is just like a lot of like uh, mostly vets, and there's some um, young players that are out, out of their rookie contract or short, shorter contract, vets that have shorter contracts. So there's some 27 year olds like Andrew Beck um, and stuff like that. But yeah, they 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 need to kind of rebuild, retool. So I don't know how they're going to do the, their any re-signings or their free agency is going to be kind of slim tonight. So yeah, at the so they, they they don't have a lot to work with for both teams, I guess. Yeah, so it's it's just eh, you, you you can they're in the middle. They're like right smack dab in the middle, kind of like where everyone is with their. They're not too good, but they're not too bad with their cap space. Some other teams, like I said, the Saints and the Bucks are really bad with their cap their cap space. Like Bucks is at fifty five million in the red. So that's why I'm saying Tom Brady ain't gonna stay because I don't they think better they have repossess the money to, that station. <laughs> yeah, they don't have money to give him a one year deal where it's like most fully, if not mostly, guaranteed, right? So you know, it's just one of those things. So Broncos, they they have like you said, they're gonna fight an uphill battle, but that's what Sean Payton's. That's what they got Sean Payton to do, right? Hey, that's what you signed up for if you take the job. Facts. And so um, I mean, for the Saints, they're kind of it's a the Saints. They're the the spotlight is now on their scouting and recruiters or not scouting and uh, talent evaluation because there, a lot of expectations are going to come from that first round and the pick. senior bowl practice started um this week so that was something and i'm, I'm gonna try to watch that the Reese's senior bowl because uh i got nfl plus so why not <laughs> and we have a number five pick so i'm really gonna flex. be like we could <laughs> the biggest flex right? it's not really the, it's not that big of a flex it's it's okay it, it's it okay. helps in times though it's okay <laughs> yeah um but yeah, that's that's it. That's all I had on Sean Payton with the head coach yeah. thing. So we'll see. Hopefully, he can bring them from the ashes and in, into a flaming phoenix once again. But we'll see. Oh man, I, I feel like you already have a poem written about him. No. Bring them from the ashes like a phoenix in the night sky. He <laughs> <laughs> <Sean laughs> just wanted to just not even close to John Cena. <laughs> not even close. Not at all. <laughs> but um, yeah. So. Any other news out there for any head coaches? D'Amico Ryans, defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, is now the head coach of the Texans. Yep. Yep. Um, it's uh, finally, you know, it's really good to see another brother in the head coaching position because you don't see a lot of black head coaches out there. But, uh, hey, what can I say? You have a really promising, like, you know, defensive-minded head coach. Now you just got to pair him with the offensive coordinator. Like we were kind of talking in the discord like the other day. Um, I did see some extra news on that, that the Houston Texans were going, I guess this might've been from uh, D'Amico Ryan's telling them, but like the Houston Texans are going to also talk with the passing, uh, passing game coordinator from the 49ers as their offensive coordinator. So the Shanahan system, you know, continues or the tree, you know, continues to grow. Right. Yeah. And you know, it, D'Amico Ryan's, it's kind of like the, uh, the homecoming hero or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. He, he, he spent, home. yeah, he's coming back home. He spent a lot of years at, uh, at the uh, Texans, you know, he's loved by fans. I think this is a win-win 
a lot of or this is a win in multiple aspects, right? Because you're getting a bright defensive minded head coach, mm-hmm. and with with a hometown hero coming back to coach the team, you you take a lot of focus away from the organization and how kind of shitty it is. Because yeah. man, I didn't know how to feel about this when I heard this. Because I like D'Amico Ryan's, I like defensive coaches, but. We we know how bad the the Texans are. You know, is that Bill O'Brien's fault? Probably, but it yes. starts at ownership too, because mm-hmm. you know that that that's well documented as well. You know what the um, what that what that situation is like. So I want D'Amico Ryan's to succeed. You know, Texans have had five coaches or four coaches in five years or something like that. Some yeah. ridiculous like that. You know, D'Amico Ryan's is on a six year deal, so at least you know he's going to be paid if he gets fired early, but. I don't want that to happen to him. I hope he has like a lot of success down there. Cause yeah, I, did, I, I didn't see how much of like, I don't even know like what the number is for that six year deal, but um, hopefully I don't know most, if it's been made most, public yet. Yeah. Hopefully most, if not all of it is like guaranteed. Cause Hey, if he gets fired, the best, the best job is a fired head coach. Hey, no <laughs> job better than a fired head coach. <laughs> but you know, he's coming into a situation where, you know, the, the defense actually on Texans, we, we gave him a lot of props, you know, throughout the season because, they kind of, you know, had their moments where they balled out and bringing a guy like D'Amico Ryans to come in and coach the young, a lot of young players, I think they're going to succeed. Where their defense was really let down was on offense. And, you know, how often they had to put themselves out on the field because that offense was, you know, unable to string together first down. They have the number two overall pick. They're going to go, they're, you know, un, you know, they don't have the number one, but they have the number two and they're going to go and get a quarterback. That's There's no ifs, ands, or buts. I think well they do have a lot of holes like you can honestly speak like any best player they can just add an onto this team but they already did that the last draft with a corner uh with stingley jr but um now they need a quarterback because mills is not the answer uh he had a good d like apparently he had a really good like rookie year compared to like all the other rookies alongside him but it just didn't it didn't continue into the year after and stuff like you know like Lawrence, like Trevor Lawrence did, and all that stuff. So, unfortunately, that's they're gonna, yeah. he's going to be a backup. If not, go somewhere else. I had a lot of hope for Davis Mills when he got drafted. I think he might be a victim of like similar to like the Jets curse with quarterbacks. You know yeah. where where he has complete, you know, un he has inconsistency at the head coaching and offensive philosophy um, perspective, and that's probably where what stunted his growth to the point where. You know, he might he might not be an NFL quarterback now. We'll have to see. Yeah, I, I feel like he'll still get a chance. It's more of like he'll be that a bridge quarterback for someone else, if not a backup. But hey, at the very least, you know he stuck his neck out for the Houston Texans at the end of the day. That big ass neck. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mean to even say that too. <laughs> no, who, who knows? Pun the goddamn intended. giraffe. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> now he he uh, we know how important it is for because if you you invest a lot in a young quarterback because that is what your offense goes through at the end of the day even if you're a run first team mm-hmm. but you know if if you they need they need to be nurtured you know very few quarterbacks come out of the out of college ready to just lead and lead an offense of grown men that are older than them right mm-hmm. and they're and gonna so, definitely go and draft another one because they're not sticking with davis Mills. yeah they, 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 they i feel like they uh they they fucked that one up pretty bad well, when you have like bryce young or these other quarterbacks, you know, from Alabama, from Ohio State, you know, whatever. Yeah, they're you have your options when you're that high up. Because what did the Cardinals do? They went right, but they went back to back quarterback picks, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's like that is a that is a very good example. 
But Josh so, Rosen, yeah. Josh Rosen was absolutely awful. Yeah, yeah, he went to like what six other teams afterward, and, and yeah, I don't know, never, yeah. never, never to be heard from again. So, Should have played tennis. <laughs> Should have played tennis. But yeah, um, yeah. other than that, I, you know, I just want to also just say like thank you, uh, mother, because you have a uh, the Houston Texans season. Uh, Do you season actually call tickets. your mom mother? No, I actually call her by her name. Oh, really? You on a first name basis? Yeah, we're on a first name basis. Shit, I'm still scared I get slapped the shit out of if I call <laughs> mama by a first name. <laughs> no, it's um it's what it's weird cuz I have like this weird like uh I have a cognitive dissonance in my head of like when I talk about my mother I'm just like hello mother or I'll say mother or mom or something like that, but in actuality I call my grandparents mom and dad and I call my parents by their first names. And this is like not it's just due to like a lot of like events that have happened um, in our lives to it for it to even get to that point, but yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it, it's okay because she's because I already know, like, especially <laughs> I already know some people are like, You call first of all, what? And then it's just like, Yeah, I know. I've already had this like in high school, had it in college, like, whenever we had like to bring their parents out to uh, I remember like one little quip was just uh, my mother was there in high school, and then we brought all of our mothers, it was like a whole thing for mothers. We did like a Mother's Day thing, cool. And I remember I got up to say my speech, and I was just like Kelly, and then all the mother, all the mothers out there were like, mm. Mm. and I said, I said, Ke- mm. and I said, okay, mother, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, y'all are not my mother, she is. <laughs> you could just sense the judgment in the room when you said that. They were like, he calls it by the first name. Like there was some other stuff that came out. Like uh, for me, uh, that wasn't the weirdest thing. To I know for them it was. But for some other people, I saw people like I saw like a football player like kiss his own mother on the mouth, and I was just like, "Well, Tom Brady style, Tom Brady, Tom Brady style, real Tom. talk, like just like <laughs> no hesitation, just." And I was just like, "So he kissed his own mother." I said, "What is up with the lip kissing of parent to child? That makes no sense to me at all." Yeah, at all. That's just me. <laughs> this is just my opinion, and that's just me. But anywho, coming all the way back, <laughs> all the way back to it. Thank you, brother, for having those season tickets. I might just, you know, might go out uh see a Houston Texans game one day. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, you you probably be in for a treat. I think D'Amico Ryan's is gonna is gonna have a good uh, has gonna it's have better, a good. It's better to be a Houston Texans fan than a Cowboys fan. So hey, ain't that the truth? <laughs> but, um, um, hopefully he does well. I he got a lot of he has a lot of picks to work with. Um, I think they still have the same GM they had before. So it's just a matter of getting like their offensive coordinator position up to snuff and because they're just doing interviews for it right now. So hopefully he gets the people he want on, on his staff. And hey, congratulations, D'Amico Ryan. You are now a head coach. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but next the this w- next story up that we got, we don't usually give a, a bit of love to uh, non-head coaching news, but Kellen Moore both fired and hired in a 24-hour period. Fired from the... Thing. Fired from the Dallas Cowboys, and less than 24 hours later, the the new offensive coordinator for Brandon Staley's Chargers. What do you think, man? I will one. So I okay. So it, they're actually I have like opinions on both sides. So just for one, it's well, besides it being the funniest headline of all, um, it was time for more to move on from the Cowboys because I forgot how long he's been there. Because he even played quarterback for them as like a backup quarterback too, and then you know transitioned to their offensive coordinator and stuff. Especially where Kellen Moore's, um, I, th- I believe he was from Boise State, and that was when they were like going heavy air raid and stuff like that, right? So, oh no, that was Chris Peterson's prime years too. So that was when he was head coach over there. They were doing all sorts of things, just coming up with all sorts of trickery. 
Yeah, I was saying like I think because Kellamore was the quarterback for the for Boise State yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, what I mean is that they weren't necessarily air raid, but yeah, they were they were they were slinging it a lot back All then. All I remember was like fifty plus point games and like oh, yeah. five touchdowns a game type stuff. That was right? you so, know I think him and Andy Dalton were in college at the same time. So if that's yes. any indication for you, I think Boise State was three, TCU was four, or something like that, or you know came yeah. down something like that, but. If that puts it into perspective, Andy Dalton is still playing in the NFL, and Kellen Moore is out here. I feel like a, Andy Dalton's going to be out. He's going to. He was a good bridge. I I feel like they just need to figure something out now that they have a first round uh, pick again. Maybe just try to just shoot for a quarterback at this point because none of it is working. Man, every 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 team that comes up, you're like, just go get a quarterback. Just go get a no, quarterback. No, Saints, Saints really Saints. need a quarterback <laughs> yeah. because they've been doing this the rush like the, the roulette of like uh who was it the the tight end. Um, I'm just forgetting names. Obviously. Oh man, why am I blanking on it now? Taysom Hill. Yeah, they, Taysom Hill's not the truth because he would have just you would have just kept him in there. He's just a gadget player. He's not like he's not your quarterback. Jameis Winston. I'm not even sure what to say about him after all these injuries and stuff like that. Andy Dalton's just not. It's not working because every time watching the Saints that uh, this past season, I know we're kind of going on a tangent, but the Saints always like they failed on offense when oh, they yeah. needed it most. Their defense was solid. It's just like they just had a middling, if not below average offense, especially when they put a, a, a Chris Olave on there, which he's been solid for them. It's just like even like Alvin Kamara hasn't been, you know, the Alvin Kamara of old, but you just kind of expect it because they ran so much of their offense through him. Yeah, it, well, it's it's not like, well, one, they, he he was thrown the ball mostly because, you know, the Drew Brees, when Drew Brees was there, he just kept on like checkdowns to that man. That's why he, he made his name over there with him. So not using him. For what he's because he's not really like the brew, he's not a bruiser running back. So, um, but coming all the way back to Kellen Moore, I think it was about time. I'm not sure how long he's been at the with the Cowboys. I just know that Dak has been there for seven years. Like everyone kept saying seven. I'm sitting here, I'm like, wow, it has been seven years. Time really does fly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it probably doesn't fly for them when they're in constant pain, but for us fans that are us non Cowboys fans, it definitely does. Right. And Kellen Moore, I feel like he's done what he can for that team, in my opinion. Like, there's nothing else you can do, especially with that last play where Zeke was the center and stuff like that. And it just didn't go anywhere. I think at that point, it's about time you just go and try new things. And the Chargers definitely needed a new offensive coordinator. And Kellen Moore is the perfect one to, to pair with Justin Herbert. Uh, he's yeah. very quarterback friendly. So be prepared to see like a lot of throws down the field finally. I'm not sure who uh, Chargers' new deep threat will be because they don't have a deep threat right now. Um, mm-hmm. Keenan Allen's not as fast as he used to be, so he's more of like a route, your route runner. And uh, Mike Williams was your deep threat, but all those injuries, I feel like that's going to come back to to bite him. So they need to go and find a deep threat, but be prepared to see Justin Herbert throw the ball down the field for a change. Yeah, if you're a Chargers fan, I think you'd be over the moon. I think, But I think the, the main story out of this is, I mean, the – Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones are trying to convince everyone that Kellen Moore was a problem. And it, you know, that's the, the, they just, they basically try to turn him into a scapegoat. And what the funniest thing about that is, is that if you try to, if you thought that he was the problem and he gets a job 24 hours later, you know, that, that doesn't really, that doesn't, that doesn't really instill confidence in your decision into firing him. Yeah, and Mike McCarthy is just not a good head coach at this point in time. And really the problem with the Cowboys, again, we've said it before, Jerry Jones is the problem. Jerry Jones, as long as Jerry Jones is the owner, he's holding you back. That's or at least GM. If he, if he no, keeps his... Yeah, if, Jerry Jones is literally like he's control. He wants a head coach he can control. That's what yeah. Mike McCarthy's there for. A yes man in this case, or one that rolls with him. Um, he is like, he's a very involved owner. And then he's basically like, 
the GM. I, I feel like they have one, but it's really just it's just Jerry Jones. He is yeah. The GM. It's it's so, a, he's trying to run it like a family business. Yes, basically, and I, we know that like his son, I guess, is up to take it over. He has like what a couple sons over there or something like that. Like in yeah, like, I think they just spread out and across, across like exec positions. Yeah, so at the end of the day, it's more of like a family business. They just like to have their hands all up in the recipe book so they can just do whatever because Jerry Jones is trying to chase after that Super Bowl. He's not going to get I promise you that. I mean, that's the damning thing is first, folks. (laughs) Missed Raps podcast right here has said Jerry Jones will not win a Super Bowl ever, period. Yeah, and well, he's won, he's won him, but he won't win another one. He with whose team? Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> yeah, he knows it too. He already came out and talked about that, so I'm not worried. Well, he, I know he has one under his belt. Don't get me wrong, but that's not really his ring, and that's and that's what's really getting him every single day. That's why they had to get rid of somebody after this season, right? Yeah, and if you're, uh, I feel like that was the. Uh, I mean, the the offensive coordinator is the person you're going to fire, especially after fans saw a play like that. But we all know it wasn't Kellen Moore's fault. Um, Kellen the, Moore's, he's he's, uh, he, he's he, a very, he chose the right time to leave. I'll tell you why in a second. <laughs> to be forced out. <laughs> yeah, to be forced out. Yeah. yeah, and so the only the other the other bit of news that I heard around that was that Mike McCarthy is saying that he's going to take over play calling duties again. Which for fun, uh, for for reference, I think that's what I think that's what happened with the uh, Packers right before he got fired. You know, they had an offensive coordinator. The offensive coordinator got fired. He he took over play calling duties again, and I think he was fired within a year or two. Yep, yep. And so, so it's just repeating itself again because he he knows everything. But at the end of the day, Jerry Jones is you know he has like his hands and everything. It's almost like he's a puppet at times. So. But the really big thing that Kellen Moore got to avoid was what the Cowboys are going to do this offseason. Yeah, it's a one late on me because they're not in a good situation, are yeah, they? Yeah, uh, fun fact, because you know the cap is now $224.8 million, but in the 2023, if they keep all these players, they will account for over $129.34 million, almost $130 million of their cap next season. And that's between Dak, <laughs> Zeke, Tyron Smith, and uh, Zeke Martin. Zach Martin, excuse me, and Demarcus Lawrence. That's your five players that are counting for like over half of your cap right now, which I know they're not all going to be there. Um, I feel like Tyron Smith is going to get let go. He's not playing the same like he used to be, especially after those injuries. Uh, It's a big injury this season. I think it was this season, no, last season he had that big injury. So he has not been playing the same. Zeke, I think it's about time to let him go. I even had like a, a mini argument with the Cowboys fan too that like, Wait, said, you you had an argument with a Cowboys fan that wanted to keep Zeke? He was saying that we're going to keep Zeke. I'm like, but come on. What did you I, I told him like, what did you do with DeMarco Murray after he had that one season where like he just wasn't the same DeMarco Murray and I was like he was like we we let him go. I was like, you're going to do the same thing to Zeke, especially yeah. with the contract you have on. Him. You're going to try to get, like find some way to get out of that contract as much as possible. I thought it was funny when Zeke came out and said, "I would like to return to the Cowboys next year." And uh, everybody else was like, "That's not your choice, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Pollard, but Pollard had like the leg injury and Yeah, like, that's a, the thing. It, it's it's a lot of stuff cuz people were like, "I want Pollard to be the the run starting running back." But Pollard's a free agent now. I don't know what they're going to do, but either way, you got like Dak has already taken like out of that 129, I'll just say 130 million, uh, just to round it up. Dak is like taking like 49 of it, 49 million of it. So the other part is like, you know, 15 or so is like for Tyron Smith. Another 13 is for Zeke. Zach Martin has like 15 million. And then Demarcus Lawrence, I think Demarcus Lawrence was also like 
he was really high and that he should was be about scary. 20 or something yeah it's about like 20 million for him he was like the second highest because that was funny and, because he's uh, defensive end so yeah it's his cap i remember seeing like oh yeah here's his cap number is 26 million zach martin is 19.89 million tyron smith is 17.6 million and for all those that don't remember this is when like this is from the time when they all like when the Cowboys started like paying that whole O line at the time when their O line was really good. So this it's just all coming like right now. It's all coming to it right like to a head yeah. right now. Uh yeah, Zeke is also at 16.7 million. So and Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup's at 13.8, but I don't know if they're gonna keep him either. But it's after that, it's like you took out like a lot of your line. That's like two of your offensive linemen right there. You're gonna let I know they're gonna let Zeke go. Uh, or they reschedule that contract. It's one or the other. So uh, it's just not working. And right now, the Cowboys are actually in the red. As of right now, they are... Hard yeah. to feel bad for Cowboys fans. Right. I'm not <laughs> I'm not feeling bad. Like, they're set, like it says the cap space is $7 million in the red, or actually it's really $10 million in the red. So they, they got to make some cuts. Yeah, a lot for of sure. Them. And I can see, like you said, the offensive linemen probably being first to go um, just based off of age and injury history because I think every single one of those offensive linemen have had to deal with some form of serious injury or the other and adds up yep it adds up um there's not much else to say but like i said kellen moore kind of dodged like a ooh, a wary bullet to try to work with like whatever the offense is going to look like next uh, next season yep i have never heard of an nfl coach getting a job within 24 hours of being fired so oh that was uh, the first that, that was, was the first uh, for me that was the Chargers were just like desperate i feel like that was like a desperate move by the chargers to like unless they were just in touch with him or something so i don't know what happens behind the scenes of when they can I guess they just I feel like I might have missed it I might have missed it when they said oh you know Chargers are talking to Kellen Moore or something like that unless it I just missed that one so I didn't see it there's a lot of options that they could have gone down to because like we what we've seen recently like when we hired Shane Waldron is like you know a positions coach gets that you know the the next step up for a positions coach is a coordinator job right mm-hmm. and so there are a lot of high-flying offenses in the league so there were a lot of court like probably Passing game coordinators like you know D'Amico Ryan's might take 49ers passing game coordinator with him. A lot of a lot of those kind of candidates that were out there. So I imagine they thought this one through. I don't think it was desperation on that part, but it. I think it. I think, I think the reason why, I think I don't think anybody saw this coming, and I think that's why they they acted as quickly as they did because they know what kind of candidate that you know Kellen Moore is. I said Kellen Moore is quarterback friendly, and that's what Justin Herbert needs. He needs a coordinator to. You know, just trusted him and yeah. actually let him throw the ball down the field and not all of these check downs or get little a, short passes and yeah, stuff and like that. Let them get a run game again, man, because that was brutal. Oh, yeah. I mean, Austin Eckler is like a he's an amazing running back. And he it's just that, like, when you know that you're they're never going to throw down the field, you can always just stack the box. So he just never had a chance to run. He can actually just run from the box. He had like one touch. like He had one run where it was like 60 yard run to the touchdown and stuff from like actually not throwing him the ball. But even still, it's um, it's, it was really frustrating. I bet you some Chargers fans out there were just like, yo, we are just wasting Justin Herbert's like years because I believe it's his contract years next year along with Burrow. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be we're going to be ha- talking about two other big contracts next season for sure. And, you know, with the, I think, you know, we talk about the games that they lost, you know, late and stuff like that or, you know, where they allowed comebacks. And when you're relying on a heavy passing offense, when the passing ain't passing, then, you know, you, you open yourself up to. Um, give the other team a lot of time to come back in, right? Because, you know, that's how the clock works. <laughs> but just watch out. Watch out because I feel like, Char- you know, I think Brandon's on like the bit of a hot seat now, though, after this 
So it's just a matter of time. It's just he got one more season, basically. Um, I mean, we were and, saying the same thing about what he did with Vince Lombardi, right? When mm-hmm. when they when they fired him, but I don't think Vince Lombardi is on the same caliber, at least in terms of like. I mean, obviously, he has a lot of respect around the league because he's a Lombardi. But in terms of like acumen, I think people people yeah, yeah. respect. It's not, about, it's not about like comparing him to Kellen Moore. It's about like a lot of people were like the media was already saying like like Brandon's like on the hot seat. Like they were saying like he should have got get fired if he doesn't win this game and stuff like that. So someone did get fired, but it wasn't him. That's why I feel like he's on the he's one of the coaches on the hot seat. Like if they you know have another middling season and they don't make the playoffs. With what happened this season, I, I I think it's I think it's done. Yeah, for personally. sure. Personally, I think so too. Yep. And but with uh, that, I think uh, I mean there are a couple. I mean Vic Fangio, um, mm-hmm. he was rumored to be part of Sean Payton's staff. He's joining the Dolphins as as defensive coordinator. Pretty respected defensive coordinator. Didn't really have much notes on it. I uh, just added it there just as a last thing to to touch on because I think that was the only other bit of news, but. Hopefully the Dolphins actually get some semblance of a defense because, you know, they need something to balance out that high octane offense for sure. Well, that's if, you know, a certain quarterback can stay healthy. Yeah. And that's, he's still on, uh, he's still on concussion. He's still in concussion protocol. I don't, God damn it. dude! Like this is a human issue at this point. Exactly, bro. Like I'm tell I feel like it's worse than I, I, it's really just like, we're not all talking about it, but we all know that, um, it's bad. Like with two at this point, I don't know how bad, We'll see what happens as the years go by. But if you, I'm just going to say it here. And, you know, I, I love, I love Tua. I want you to be successful. You are, I want you to make your money. I want you to make your family happy. I want you to be happy. It's just that I feel like we're going to start seeing some similar stories and everyone's going to come back to this particular season talking about when he had three or more uh, concussions in a whole season. Yeah. So. It's going to, it's, it, this is definitely a, a, a bullet point on his timetable in the future for sure. Yeah, like how everyone's well, I'm not saying he's going to be like Antonio Brown, but just like how everyone with Antonio Brown can go literally say, I think it was this game right here where he got cracked in that Steelers Bengals game. That's where it started. I I just feel like this is the season, um, the 2022 season for Tua, sadly. But um, yeah, I think that's all we had around the league. Yeah, you wanna you wanna take us into the conference games that I uh, reluctantly want to talk about. Oh, of course, oh, I got you, buddy. So we had the NFL Conference Championships. You only had two games here. You got the Bengals and the Chiefs and the 49ers and the Eagles. So we're gonna start with the worst game that I know Canal hates, which is the Bengals at Chiefs. You know, like come on, they say yeah. it was Burrow Field. And <laughs> oh, bro, the Bengals were talking so much smack for the past, like what two, whether it's through Eli Apple. Or like Joe Burrow calmly just being confident and stuff. Or like, like the that. governor or the mayor of Cincinnati was also like, <laughs> was he was throwing shade at them too. Let, them, let them, I want them to be excited. Just let them be excited because they have not been like this deep in the playoffs in like a matter of years. If you really think about consecutively it, they were just at the Super, consecutively, yeah. and they were yeah. at the Super Bowl. So, you know, it, it really says a lot. But unfortunately, um, I'll just say this. It was a very, for me, it was a really tight game. I watched a good chunk of it. Um. Wow, it was really like that last few drives and the penalties and stuff like that kicked in for the Bengals and that led the Chiefs all the way in. They couldn't block, you know, they couldn't block that field goal. Unfortunately, it's just one of those things. Um, I feel like they could have, they could have kept like the Chiefs from at least scoring once, but it's just one of those things. And um, finally, like I said earlier in the in the in the episode, um, 
the Chiefs draft class had a very impactful day. You had, and this is literally from round one to round seven rookies. So we had cornerback uh, Trent McDuffie had go six Huskies. tackles. Yeah, go Huskies. Trent, uh, six tackles, two passes defended. You had the defensive end, George Karlaftis, had a sack. Sky Moore, the wide receiver, had three catches and a key punt return. Uh, the safety, Brian Cook, four tackles and a uh, pa- uh, pass block, uh, breakup. Uh, corner, Joshua Williams had an interception. Corner, Jalen Watson had an interception. Running back, Isaiah Pacheco, had uh, 85 total yards. And then, yeah, like they all contributed. Like if if all your rookies needed to come through, it was that game and it came out. It, hey, they came for, out. For a team in the position that the the Chiefs are, which is like they're constantly trying to retool and make another run because they obviously gave Patrick his contract. And so half the, and, a billion dollars. Yeah. Half a billion dollars. And so, you know, they, they got to, uh, if they, if they're able to draft like this year in and year out, then, you know, Patrick Mahomes window is as open as his contract. You know, it, it, he, they got a lot of good things to look forward to. They, they live and die by Patrick like Mahomes. Well, I mean, point. that's what this game kind of came down to because, this game was tight throughout, but like, I gotta. Uh, uh, the first thing I gotta get off my chest is that it kind of came down to the refing on this one. Or, you know, we the the uh, a a good game is a treat, right? You know, when it comes mm-hmm. down to twenty three twenty, you know, it's like uh, it's a treat for everybody that's not on the losing side. But Facts. the refereeing on this game was so bad that they kind of took the entire spotlight away from them. Like there were there were multiple calls that that kind of like everybody was scratching their heads at. The the one that everyone points that points at was like the redo on the third down try, and not only that they were the, because there was a quote unquote clock issue they couldn't just whistle the play dead they let the play run and then then they whistled yeah. it and then they they gave him the redo and the Bengals stopped them again but then they kind of called him on a sus Eli Apple like defensive holding penalty yep. and basically gave them the first down and that's where everyone was like all right the script is set it's going to be a Kelsey brother Super Bowl basically. But, I remember seeing like there was like a, another play where there was a fourth down stop in a market and MVS like reached across what look what they what the they deemed as looking as a reach across the line. But from my perspective, it didn't really look like he reached it. And but they overturned it on the challenge. I think they had to challenge on that play. And then there was also the the the, the late hit on Mahomes that kind of sealed um, Bengals fate in this game with that mm-hmm. extra 15 yards on that final drive kind of came it came on a play where there was like blatant holding and then there was also like joe burrow like a few like a just like earlier in that in that in that quarter took a pretty mm-hmm. late hit and it wasn't called and so everybody is like crying foul about it and i see where it's coming from you know usually you say there's bad refing on both sides but this side it seemed <laughs> this time it seemed like bad refing on on the uh, or favorable of chiefs yep yeah pretty much um, but oh, Overall, in this game, like, you know, Joe Burrow had a pretty mediocre game to start with. I, I mean, I'm not going to try to take away anything from that Chiefs defense because, like, you like you named off all these defensive players on, on the Chiefs. Like, they, they held Joe Burrow to 270, a TD, and two picks. Not really his fault kind of picks. They were kind of, like, bobbled passes, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But Patrick Mahomes had 326 and two TDs, so it kind of came down to that, right? Yeah, it's... Yeah, it was just one of those where it's like you you just need everything. So I mean, and you guys, I see you got some other stats right here. You want to talk about if you want to go through those too. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not much more. I mean, I think what what I was gonna say was that I think Chiefs did a pretty great job of 
shutting down the Bengals run game because mm-hmm. Joe Mixon was limited to like, I think I don't have the stat written down, but it was like something like less than 25 yards. Mm. And it felt like, it felt like Chris Jones and Frank Clark lived in the, in the, in the Bengals backfield. So can't take any, anything away. They basically, the, the, the chiefs basically turned this into a Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes game. Yeah. And you know, in, in that, in that situation, Patrick Mahomes came out on top because you know, the, we all know that the run game is kind of limited on the Chiefs, so it's basically just quarterback versus quarterback on this one. Yeah, and of course you got Burrow having his big contract coming up, whatever that's going to look like next uh, next season as well. Basically, who's going to get their contract first, Justin Herbert or Burrow? Because whoever gets it first, the second one's going to want more than the other. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a funny thing, right? Because like Joe Burrow probably, you can say that there is quality, right? You can make that argument, which one is better, and you could probably say Justin Herbert is better on that aspect, but Joe Burrow is taking them nearly to two Super Bowls or, you know, he's had two deep playoff runs and I don't think. Where did Herbert go? He only went as far as a wild card game and then that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, you know, that uh, anytime a quarterback gets like big money, it's going to be headline news. So we'll see what happens with that one. Um, I think also one thing to note is that the Chiefs kind of need to win it um, to make it worth it because uh, they're in the red. They're about like, well, it says their cap space is like 13 million, but like, they're in the red by like 800,000. So it's kind of one of those things where like, they're going to let some people go after this season. Like a lot of people are about to just go to other teams. Um, some key people, you got Orlando Brown, the left tackle, uh, Juju Smith Schuster, uh, Carlos Dunlap. If you remember that, if you remember him, um, um, let me see who else that's, you got Chad Henney, Chad Henney of all people. Anything <laughs> is possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Ronald Jones, uh, the second, uh, Pretty much after that, like, oh, McCole uh, Hardman is up. He's 25 years old. Didn't really, you know, he kind of plays like situational and stuff like that. But wide receiver there. Jarek McKinnon, um, 31, though. Deion Bush, safety. Um, not much else I can kind of see. They're like big names that they have to try to like work to keep. But their biggest one is Andrew uh, Wiley, I believe that's his name, because he played 95% of the snaps at right tackle. And he's 29. So we'll see what happens and, and with, 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 with how Mahomes is starting to pick up ankle injuries and stuff like that. Cause he had that issue two years ago against the bucks, you know, well, it's he kind had of, it last week. He had well, no, ankle, I mean, what I mean is that really. it's like a, he's starting to build up this uh, injury history a little bit. And, you know, I'm not saying he's injury prone, but you're, you need to, you need to ensure that you have that talent in, on the offensive line he, to protect he him. Always walks as if he's stiff, man. Like he doesn't like to lift up his leg and stuff when he's walking or trotting on the field. So it's he like, he has I a little bit of waddle, those... doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of those things where like he, uh, like I, I need you to go and find a clip of him just like walking or like trotting during the game and just put it right here because that man just, uh, he, he just trots and he's like, he's stiff. I, I know he can like, he, he can do little bits of like, Oh, I could scramble. I can at least get enough and get, you know, get out of the way. But it's like, he's just so stiff. And I feel like that stiffness is going to cause him to get like, like I like last week he had a, almost a knee injury or he had a sprain, like a knee sprain or an ankle sprain, maybe both. It was an ankle but, sprain. Yeah. yeah that's ankle, where I was... Yeah. So it was an ankle sprain on that one. And you know, he got through it. It was just like one of those where he probably had to sit out a couple days or something like that. But like those things are going to add up if you're going to get pressure on. Mahomes, which is key because the Eagles are going to bring it. Just yeah, saying. and you know that's I think the the reason why the Bengals weren't able to get it because you know on their side of the ball I don't think they even they even sacked uh, Patrick Mahomes and he's hobbled like he was visibly limping for a lot of the game. Uh, I can't remember which commentator said it, but you you know they said like Patrick looks slow because of the way he runs, but he's actually like he's pretty quick. 
And mm-hmm. it's just because he just it's like all like it's, it looks like like you said, like he's cramping or something like that. And he's trying to run <laughs> through like like he's something like that. But, uh, you know, I think that and the fact that, you know, this entire season, it's been such a crapshoot with our wide receiver room. Yeah. And, you know, uh, MVS kind of came up big. He had 116 and a TD on this one. So, yeah, that was the uh, that was the who was covering MVS, effect. though. That's a, that's a thing. It was Eli Apple, but <laughs> Eli <laughs> Apple catches some. The, he was talking the most. He was talking the most shit, bro. Yeah, he was talking a lot of shit. But you know, you can talk shit if you shut down Stefan Diggs the week before. That so. is very true. Take advantage of that one. So I mean, hey, um, Bengals, you almost had it. Sorry, Bengals fans, but unfortunately, Chiefs are back in now. But at the very least, let's uh, let's move on now to the next big game that was more of like a snooze after a while, yeah. and that is the 49ers at Eagles. It's hard uh, feeling bad for 49ers fans, right? Yeah, um, I didn't say it before. We definitely, um, the, we definitely both said the Bengals were going to beat the Chiefs. We were both wrong on that one. Um, but the 49ers and the Eagles, we both we both said the Eagles were going to get this one. We just didn't know by how much. And 31 to seven, that says a lot. But uh, I want to actually uh, beforehand, let me just shout out to Nicole Lynn, uh, who's also a Delta. So shout out to the Deltas out there. Uh, this is the agent of the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who's an Omega man. So, like, you know, shout out to the Omega, uh, you know, to the Omega fraternity as well. But you have the first um, black, um, like basically first black woman to represent an NFL quarterback in in the Super Bowl. So it's really good. That's like it's, it's history. It, that's history right there in the making. Black history, if you will. Um, especially the fact that we have two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Never happened before, right? <laughs> never happened it's the first it's the first yeah. and uh i think that another um it was kind of like i had it set for later but like they both played in um texas high school football so that's like also another first there as well so oh yeah dude <laughs> yeah. i just i see the picture of like uh jalen hurts when he was in high school when he had like blonde dreads or something like that and i was like oh, who yeah. the hell is this kid <laughs> that's that man hurts i was you know just dying the hair and stuff like that man because i feel like he had like the um no, he had like the locks, if not the cornrows for it for a while. But um, yeah, he, uh, you know, it's just, again, that's history. I want to just shout out to Nicole Lynn because you and like the team around Jalen Hurts have done a great job representing him. And we've had no, I've seen no issues with him off the field and stuff like that. So he has a good PR team in that respect. He, and then Jalen Hurts himself, congrats, man. I wanted you to actually go all the way this year, if anything. Like, if I had to see a team in there, I was actually telling people I want to see the Eagles because I want to go see another black quarterback in there. Now we're getting two black quarterbacks. So, I mean, hey. (laughs) And also, I think one of the things that – I can't remember who said the story, but I believe – I think it's Jalen Hurts. You know, I think the people often overlook the fact that his dad is a coach as well. Yeah. And so he's had that – he's had football in his life his whole life. And, you know, it's been kind of his guiding light for him for a lot of things. He's talked about it. And so, you know, this is a, it's great to see someone's uh, like story come, you know, from, you know, beginning to end where he was a coach's son to playing in the Super Bowl. Cause that's like, that's the shit they make movies about. <laughs> of course. Right. This man, li- this man lived his whole life without Dallas Cowboys ever even winning a conference championship game. So, oh, that's you know, beautiful right there. That, that, that's so poetry in itself. <laughs> um, and then now finally just getting onto the game Eagles just own the 49ers and you just love to see it. Cause I didn't, I saw that I had that one meme. I definitely posted on the Instagram on our, on our Instagram channel where it was just like the 49ers getting whooped by the, for the Eagles. And we're just calmly watching them from the back. Like, Ooh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um that was really fun i'm glad i you know i saw that meme um hassan reddick 
had a, I think he had an outstanding game, if not a first, a good first half, um, because the Eagles actually used him correctly, unlike the Cardinals. So yeah, that's, I think the the Hassan Reddick story. You know, my cousin's an Eagles fan, and it, that's like one of the moves that he he constantly points to as being a like a turning point for this team is having him in the backfield because he's just been an absolute monster game wrecker for them. Actually use like a true edge and not, I think like the Cardinals just try to use him as like the off ball. Like a like, zone like, linebacker type yeah, of thing. Zone, yeah, like, he can zoom left and right, but that's, that was, um, that's what they did with um, Isaiah Simmons. But like Hassan Reddick was one, just put that man on the line, blitz, all that type of stuff. And he's there. He was, and you know, they got the, they got oof. the, they got the foundation for him to do what they need to right? with like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham <laughs> yes. and, and all they those have, guys. Um, Jordan, davis too from georgia oh yeah well jordan davis actually played for us too yeah yeah so (laughs) um you know uh, or no not jordan davis i'm thinking jordan davis from georgia so yeah yeah no i'm thinking of some yeah yeah no i'm thinking of someone else i think there might have been another jordan davis that played for us but anyway sorry that was a side no it's all good um but you know they all they like pretty much the eagles just played all three phases of the game perfectly um as you can see 31 to 7 it was just it was really like there was like a, I think there was like a turning point in like that first or second quarter for them. But at the end of the day, it was when, you know, Purdy got that, uh, the injury on his throwing arm. He had a full, a complete UCL tear, which for those you that just don't know, it. yeah, you hate to see it. For those that don't know, that is a very important ligament, um, for, uh, in the throwing arm. So it was in his throwing arm, not his off his, uh, his other arm is it's in his throwing arm, meaning that like, we may not be throwing the same like he used to before. Um, he is going to be, he's going to get surgery on it and he'll be out six months. So, I mean, I don't expect him to really start out the the season anyway. Some people were saying like, we should just start like, you know, if he was healthy, people probably, there's probably like an actual quarterback thing again with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. But at the end of this season for the 49ers, like they, they had injury after injury in the quarterbacks. You had Trey Lance go down, um, fractured his his uh, fibula and had uh, ligament damage that required like two surgeries on his ankle. Um, then you had Jimmy Garoppolo like heading up the team, and then you know they were still they were really decent. Like with Garoppolo, Garoppolo's just like it's back, I'm back. But then he suffered a broken foot in December, and he's going to be a free agent now. And then of course you had Mister Irrelevant Brock Purdy himself come in and like on a, what a nine or ten game win streak uh, for the team, which a lot of people, of course, were going to say like, "Oh no, it's the system and stuff." But like, no, Brock, Brock was playing. He was slinging it. He was slinging. He was like three hundred plus yards per game, kind of thing. But now he's out with a UCL uh, tear. So (laughs) their quarterback story for the Niners has been funny this season, hasn't it? Because they started off with Trey Lance, they were doing okay, and then he got hurt in the game against us. And then Jimmy Garoppolo came in, and for some for for some reason, it felt like they got better. And then you know, a couple a month or two later, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, and then Brock Purdy comes in, and all of a sudden they get better. It's like they keep evolving or something. Yeah, it's it's kind of like us with our running backs. Like we get another running back, it works out. Then it just injury. Get another running back, it it's really going good. Injury when things are going great, it's it's just one of those things. So yeah, um, I, it just wasn't their year. I think one of the things that it showed was just keeping up the pressure on the quarterback throughout the game, as well as um, it was it was a mix of emotions and stuff like that. Because it's not like their defense just disappeared. It's just that. It, it, when your offense, like, you know, when Josh Johnson come, comes in, and I won't get too deep into that because he also had a concussion. Like, my God. Um, it, and then they put Brock Purdy right back out there. So it's just one of those things where uh, 
they just it just completely shattered at the quarterback position. So basically their offense disappeared and the defense can only do so much because if you yeah. give a defense for like two thirds of a game, which is what happened to our defense this season, it's going to look bad regardless. Yeah, uh, you can't really do anything about it. And, you know, as as fans of neither teams, I mean, obviously we don't want the Niners to win because we're Seahawks fans. But as a fan of the sport, you were hoping that this would be the fireworks or, you know, the, the, the show that it was going to be. But we didn't really get that because, like you said, Brock Purdy towards UCL and then Josh Johnson had a concussion. So Brock Purdy had to come back in. And you even see it on the sideline where he where he was saying like I can't throw, and stuff like that. But they had to throw him out there because you know who else were they going to put the punter? And like you know he came in and he came back in, but I think they were just doing like handoff plays to CMC and stuff. It was literally um they were literally saying who's the fullback again with the use check last yeah the, he was actually the emergency quarterback for the team yeah and he he never got in obviously but like he was supposed to be the emergency quarterback and stuff so I'm just like man they really. They had all their quarterbacks were injured and stuff like that at, by the end of the season. Um, one of them's out. Two of them, you got, I don't know when Trey Lance or Purdy's going to be back. So I think they're going to just start with another vet uh, yeah. in, in the in the near future. So going back to this game, though, I mean, you know, in term on the Eagle side of things, you know, it was like the, the, the scary thing is that it was like a game like last time in that no one on the stat sheet screamed blowout performance. It, it's not like Jalen Hurts threw for 500 yards or. Uh, Miles Sanders ran for 150 or something crazy like that. The Eagles just Eagles rushed the ball 42 times and turned that into 150 yards, which isn't like a crazy amount of yards, right? For that type of conversion, it's less than four, you know, which is good but not great. Not a spectacular rate, but enough to wear down the the game over four quarters because they were playing to the situation that they were dealing with which was, you know, a team that didn't have any stability at quarterback anymore or any viable option at quarterback anymore. Because, you know, the 49ers D, even though that they were, they can only do so much, like you said, but I think they didn't register a single sack, which is probably the first time in a while that's happened. I don't think they did not have a sack. Wow. Yeah. Let me confirm. I I saw this in a tweet, but I want to confirm it too. I actually forgot to confirm it. Yeah. On the stat sheet, no sacks for anyone on the, on, on the um, Jalen Hurts was protected. Niners, yeah, and you know the, that. It's all, and they just, to, it's all thanks to Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, Kelsey Lane Johnson. They have a lot of linemen that you know they got the, the bet linemen on there. Like, oh yeah, the yeah. good ones like that. Dallas like would love to have, but they don't. Like they, yeah, they actually went over that that hump of like we have the good vet linemen. No, now you have like the injured linemen now. So yeah, and like I think uh, the the story was last year was that most of them were hurt. And that was the issue was that they didn't actually they were playing second stringers out there at offensive line. Having everybody back has just been a complete revolution for this team. And so it's, you know, finally culminating in Nick Sirianni leading his leading this team to a Super Bowl in his second season. And, you know, the the story just kind of writes itself from there because Nick Sirianni was a was fired when Andy Reid took the head coaching job at the Chiefs. You know, Nick Sirianni was very popular in the Chiefs organization. They were saying, like, he's a bright young mind. He was a passing game coordinator, and I think he might have been a uh, some kind of positions coach for the previous for the previous staff. But on coming in, like, Andy Reid had his guy, so he had to fire Nick Sirianni. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of coming full circle for him, too. That's true. And, I mean, they don't really have many free agents coming out besides like you know chauncey gardner johnson jr uh gardner Minshew Minshew will be a free agent but like i love Minshew. 
fucked. Um, <laughs> I was they, telling you, I was telling you at the beginning of our season, like, fuck it, go trade for Minshew. We won't have fun this season. <laughs> Whatever right. happens, happens. With, I, with, I was with you on that. And then, of course, like Gino said, no, hold, like, just hold my beer real quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, Robert Quinn, Fletcher Cox, uh, Javen Hargrave, James Bradbury um, are like some of the top names right there. So uh, that's a lot of for the D line. They basically invested in the D line this season. Cause they had that one loss and they said, you know what? We're never going to have that one loss ever again. Let me go. Let me go ahead and just go and get, uh, uh, and Sue. And, uh, who was it? He also, oh yeah. Hargrave. Cause like Hargrave is yeah. almost like seven feet, seven foot tall. Yeah. He's um, a monster. Yeah. He's like, and he's a monster in his own right. And basically and Hassan Reddick, you know, just uh, coming Reddick. Yep, yep, mentioning yep, his yep. name again. You can't mention him enough. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, that's not, and then Miles Sanders kind of like, one of their bigger Miles Sanders and Boston Scott are up for a contract now. They're both of their running backs they've had. So, oh, Linville Joseph, that's who it was. It wasn't um, Hargrave, but it was Linville Joseph they picked up um, in the season that that was a that was a monster. Um, regardless of the fact, though, they have a top ten pick waiting for them after this season. They have, I think they even have decent cap space too. Like nothing actually. No, I lied. They are actually in the red by a million dollars. So it's one of those things where like, they are like, they went all in as yep. the chiefs. Chiefs are technically always all in, but like Eagle said, this is it. We're going but all different, in. Differences is that they have the saints first round pick. So they're in a good position they and to, to, yeah. to keep building on that. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what else to say here. I just, I can't wait for like the next game with the Eagles and the chiefs. Like I just, I feel like the chiefs or not the chiefs, the Eagles just need to have a great like D line performance. And I feel like they can win that game. Oh, for sure. I think that, I think the, I think they definitely got the better matchup and, you know, that's funny to say when it's Patrick Mahomes, but you know, the, the, the Eagles defense is significantly better than the, the Bengals defense, you know, give all respect to the Bengals defense, but you know, the, Mm -hmm. the Eagles defense is on another level. And if you're, if you're feeling a team that has Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the game, but you know, very limited options at wide receiver, um, and a hobbled quarterback. You know, not, not hobbled, but you know, ailing quarterback. I should say. Mm-hmm. I, I I think this could be a recipe for a Bucks versus Chiefs round two, instead. But, but instead of Bucks, it's the uh, Eagles. Oh yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, but for the 49ers fans out there, you uh, you got some free agents to also look at as well. You got um, wow, Jordan Matthews, the receiver. <laughs> he's wow. still around yeah he was on the 49ers um was he? yeah he's 31 years old now uh damn yeah he's uh he didn't really he was on the snaps. eagles actually i think <laughs> yeah he was he was on the eagles straight after that uh, that season but he's um he didn't really play any snaps this season he was just on the roster um anywho i just saw i just saw that name and i was like wow but you have jimmy ward um 32 year old safety you got obviously garoppolo we we mentioned him samson Ibukum. Uh, their edge player that's 28 years old played over half the sn- defensive snaps. Um, I think their right tackle, who's 28, is also about to be a free agent, but he's good. He played like over 94% of their snaps. I think they're going to try to re sign him, hopefully. Or, you know, in this case, not hopefully. But <laughs> um, Robbie Gold, kicker, is a free agent, uh, 41 years old. Damn, that's an old kicker. Actually, that you is- know, tangent. 
I just remember the player that I was thinking that I thought was Jordan Davis was that that was playing on the Seahawks. It was Dion Jordan. I knew it was a Jordan, but anyway, a Jordan. There you I, go. I, I had to get that out. Yeah, but sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, you're good. <laughs> uh, Tyler Croft was their tight end um, to Sean Gibson at uh, at safety. He played over 96 percent of their those defensive snaps at 33. But it's basically like they're about to get a little bit younger on defense. They're losing a lot of safeties um, edge, I think a corner, but like nothing that's like pointing. Oh, another offensive lineman, Jake Brendel, uh, at 31 years old. Um, he played over 98% of the snaps. That's the biggest, uh, uh, contributor in this. Um, the other one was a right tackle. So, they, they, they might have some O-line issues coming up. So yeah. And, you know, the Chiefs are in a little bit of a predicament, right? Or sorry, not the Chiefs. 49ers are in a little bit of a predicament, right? Because they traded all their picks away for the their own picks, I should say. You know, one through four. Uh, two, two through four for CMC. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was to um, Miami for Trey Lance. Um, they're kind of left with, they still have 11 picks, but it's kind of one of those questions where, like, you know, what do you address if you're the 49ers, right? Because they have three third round picks. And back those to are back to back. Yeah. 99, 100, 101. Those are their, their Rooney picks for the Robert Sala, Mike McDaniel, and I believe one other exec, but I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But, you know, other than that, I don't know how they're doing in the cap area, but I imagine, you know, 3 million. With... they have about like three in their effective cap. It says that's 3 million. So they're not in the red. So it says they have like 13 million, but it's actually three. And then, so... you know, they'll have like, they'll have maybe like Jimmy Garoppolo's contract come off and that kind of thing too. So well, he's a free space... agent. So I don't, I don't think that's included in it right now. Unless they, oh, they, so that... they, they don't have money to sign him back. Basically is my point. He's going to leave. Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, the, the, the question is, is, you know, if 49ers, you're an organization that, is still have has a Super Bowl caliber defense. Like, how do you retool and you know shoot again? Right. Yeah, yeah. Just hopefully get some. Um, I feel like that with three three, they have what three threes, three fifth round picks, one sixth, and three seventh round picks. I feel like it's gonna be like some trading up. But besides that, um, they might trade up once or twice. Maybe I'm thinking the highest they'll go is somewhere like at the like low or like high mid. Um, second round at best, but that's all they can, if they see a player that they need, but, um, they still got enough picks to like, you know, at least put some players on the team, but you know, it's, I don't know if they'll have that same success next year, uh, especially when they're switching quarterbacks yet again. Yeah. Cause it, I think, so, um, first thing they'll have to do is probably sort out their free agent situation, who they're going to cut and then, you know, come draft, they need to figure that out before draft time. Yep. Once they get that figured out, then they can actually draft accordingly. But the, the annoying thing that's probably going to be there for for 49ers fans is when uh season rolls around Trey Lance is probably going to be your starter again because he'll probably be the most healthy because he's had the most time to recover it almost be like a full calendar year for him yeah i think uh, it will actually oh yeah and Josh Johnson is also uh because they just pulled him out of nowhere and Trey Lance isn't here yet but i feel like it's his quarterback or excuse me it's his contract year next year for sure so yeah i can see that too and so he'll he'll probably be the first option some vet will probably be in there in, in the mix as well. And Brock Purdy will come back because he's supposed to be sidelined six months, like you said, you know, through the entire offseason. But mm-hmm. obviously he he kind of grew on 49ers fans a lot because of his Mr. Irrelevant, you know, storyline, right? Yeah. So I, I know they're going to keep him around. It's just that will he be able to be th- – will he be able to throw the ball the same, right? Yeah. So. That's, it's in his throwing elbow, like you said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fun fact real quick. Did you know that uh, for quarterback money – uh, the top three players. Who do you think the top three in quarterback money is right now? Uh, in terms of like salary across the league? 
Uh, yeah, salaries across the league. So top contracts for quarterbacks. Who do you think the top three are? You can guess. It's okay. Uh, Russ. At number one, and who's your other two? Oh, and no, I was just going to name off three. Oh, okay. Name three. Without, I guess if you don't have any particular order, that's fine, too. Russ, probably Matt. Uh, well, Patrick Mahomes, Russ. Mm, Tom Brady? No. It's Tom Brady or Matt Stafford. I'll say Stafford. I think Tom Brady has a smaller deal. So your three is Russell, uh, Tom Brady, and who? Matt Stafford. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. Got- I forgot about Aaron Rodgers. Fuck. Oh, what, <laughs> what's your final three? Uh, uh, take out Stafford, throw in Aaron Rodgers. Okay, you actually got two of them correct. It is in the actual order. Aaron Rodgers at 50.2. I don't know what the Green Bay Packers are about to do with that. I'm hearing a lot of trade talk. Um, Russell Wilson at two. Or Aaron Rodgers at one, Russell Wilson at two with forty nine million, and then Kyler Murray at three with forty six point one million. Oh shit! I forgot about Kyler Murray. Yeah, and he's a hundred thousand dollars more than Deshaun Watson. <laughs> and uh, then you have Patrick Mahomes at forty five. Yeah, because you got to remember like that APY t- yeah, kind of yeah. changes over time, and plus, uh, Patrick Mahomes' actual deal is actually less than I believe Deshaun Watson's because Deshaun Watson is like two hundred and thirty. That's actually or 220 that's actually fully guaranteed i believe um and i think a lot of money you call him too deshaun watson is probably a storyline that uh every that we should look at you know come next season because you know he had his half the season this year to kind of shake off the cobwebs browns were forgettable when he started man yeah he was like he came into a game like oh i threw 100 yards zero touchdowns two picks and all this stuff you you wouldn't be able to tell if it was baker mayfield jacoby Brissett, or uh, deshaun watson out there right it just seemed like everybody was everybody was fucking up over there basically so i mean that's um that's kind of like it um that's like with all the games unless you had something else with the eagles game because um that was just like a it was just they took over that game man yeah, not not much for me. You, we can give our picks for the Super Bowl, but I think what we're gonna do is next week we'll give a little bit of a deeper dive. We'll look at each. Pro, we'll probably look at each phase of the each team and see what they got to do on uh, to uh, to help that their respective teams win. But right now, I think as things stand, uh, both you and I are probably in in the in agreement on this one, right? Who do I we think, want I feel to like win? The fans out there, after they've been listening to us or watching us on YouTube, go check us out. Um, you know. Uh, that we both love the Eagles. <laughs> we want the <laughs> Eagles to get it. So, I mean, it's at, the cat's out of the bag. You got us. We yeah. Want, we want the Eagles. Our our uh, our, st- our stinginess or our uh, bias, I should say, is uh, a little bit evident now. But, yeah, fly Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> fly Eagles. But, um, yeah, that's, a, I, that's all I had, like, for the Super Bowl. So, we'll go and deep dive next week on the Super Bowl. And, uh, yeah, um, I guess for, I guess we kind of move into the, Good old last part of the the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, what what do you got for us? You know, any last thoughts before we sign off? We are on. This will be this one we're recording right now is episode twenty of the podcast. Dude, um, I just looked at ZenCaster. We had two hundred fifty listens. Ain't that oh wild? Really? Yeah. Oh well, I need to check. I need to go over and check uh Spotify uh stats too because that's I like to I love looking at metrics and stats because now as a you know I'm an engineer out there. I love me I love me some metrics. So it's really cool to see that, you know, for one, like we, we got 20 episodes out. I still remember the beginning of the, the season. We were just like so excited for the Seahawks and uh, yeah, we just had to get out there and do our thing. And we're almost done with the season. We can actually almost call it at least a full NFL season. 
yeah. um, not including like the off season and stuff like that. But man, it's been a it's been a it's been a nice ride. And then trying to keep an episode coming out every week on top of what we're doing over here, it's been it's been yeah, humbling, we work, I would say <laughs> we work we we work two full very full time jobs. So yeah, and um, I want to do more uh for the like for the youtube channel stuff like that get some more shorts out get some more um reels out and stuff and that's a it's actually more of a skill than you would think it's not just you know throw something random up there and just let it go but um i've been kind of messing around with that myself but it's really good to kind of like get the creative juices flowing and stuff like that so i'm proud of us you know i'm saying for proud of you my man thank you for you know all the support and stuff like that really do thank you because like if you all don't know this man over here, he been like Kanal. He been doing a lot of work behind the scenes. I mean, look at that. Like, I don't. You can't really tell, but this man changed the whole mic just for you all, <laughs> <Yeah>. right there. <laughs> you yeah, now man. see it, you know, but you didn't see what his mic was before. But um, man, he, you know, he upgraded over there and stuff like that. And you know, we still got some part of the season to go in the off season, and the, of course, the draft. That's when I'll, yeah. I'll really say, let's put the, you know, let's wrap the bow on this podcast for at least for the this one season is when the draft comes out. So. You know, again, just proud of us, what we've done so far. And uh, um, yeah, I think that's it for me. Yeah, likewise to you, buddy. It's been fun to see how we've kind of tweaked things week in and week out and gotten to where we are right now. And I just get excited thinking about where we're going to be because eventually we're going to, like you say, we're going to get a little bit better with uh, every little thing, like the shorts, the reels, how we Mm. publish our content, how we present our content. And it's just just been a fun ride overall. So thank you for that. Thank you for being part of this journey with me. Of course. I'm just glad that we finally actually said, like, we actually set up to, like, let's do a podcast, you know? And we just did it. We just said, fuck it. <laughs> Basically, it was just like, oh, fuck it. We're just going to go out here and, like, you know, you know what? Screw it. We're going to do it. We're going to figure it out how. And we figured it out. And we, we get an episode out on a week-to-week basis. And honestly, like, now that I'm doing this podcast, I actually have, like, some groundwork laid out for my, my other upcoming podcast. But I'll announce all of that when that all comes to fruition. But there is a, another podcast, personally, from me coming out. Not, not sports-related, though. But we're getting there oh for sure you know can't wait <laughs> can't wait for that yeah i'm just gonna be ranting about like you know my gun my gun plug models and stuff like that which i don't think i've showed everyone but yeah i think <laughs> i mentioned this on a if you've been listening week in week out i haven't really shown my little my little uh my gundam buddy so there you go everyone you know he yeah i guess he stays on top of like my, my my pc over here over like just watching over everything and uh you know, pew pew with the beam gun. But, <laughs> pew, um, pew pew with the blam blams. <laughs> pew pew with the blam blams. <laughs> but yeah, what you got for what you got for us, Canal? Uh, nothing besides that, you know. And again, going back to 49ers fans. Hey, I want to empathize with you, but I can't wait. <laughs> but I can't because we're Seahawks fans. So have fun with your off season. We'll just be here criticizing everything along the way. Yeah, and uh, I mean, pretty much. Other than that, that's pretty much it for us here at the podcast thank you for coming and you know actually watching on the youtube channel uh at mr reps podcast or or our youtube handles at mr reps all of our handles are at mr reps on instagram twitter youtube so you know come say hi come leave a comment or something like that under our youtube uh videos maybe some even some questions again we'll take some questions from the viewers and stuff like that too and uh whatever platform you're listening to us on with the podcast please rate us at five stars five out of five all the things i mean that just helps us out you want us to be better, right? Like we need, we need these ratings. So, you know, keep on with the support and thank you for, you know, listening to us. I've actually seen some of that, uh, seen some of those metrics and I, I have some, uh, you know, co- listeners coming back and I appreciate that. So again, thank you all. Peace.